Luke chapter 5, verse number 1, And it came to pass that as the people were pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood on the lake of Jezreel and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answered him and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell, on, fell, down, on, fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at at all that were with him, and at the draw of the fishes that had been taken. And also was, was also James and John, and the sons of Zebedee, and the, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto them, and said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And, they, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, just ask you to touch our hearts and lift it up to encourage. Help us to say the words that you need to say. Lord, open our hearts that we receive the words that need to be said. And Lord, Father, we just uh, uh, ask you to empty yourself and fill me with our spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Jesus makes this statement in verse number four, launch out into the deep. And that's an interesting phrase when you think about it. What he said in verse number three, he said, pray ye that you thrust out a little from the land. And when he began and he Finished, he said, launch out in the deep. So it's clear that Jesus is wanting to, to take Simon Peter and those that were with him in, into deeper water and that when they had started out in. And isn't that the way that the Lord wants you and I? When we begin this Christian life, when we start this walk, when we get saved, uh, that God works with us little by little and, and he wants to get us to thrust out. A little from the land. He wants us to start just kind of uh, pushing the world aside a little bit. And then it begin to move us out. And eventually he will take us out to deeper waters. And I want to say this. That is the will of God for all of our lives. That we should go further and further. Uh, we should be closer and move closer to God than we did yesterday. Each and every day we should go further and further. God doesn't want to save anybody just to leave them where he saved them at. Where he got saved at, that's where we find them. We find a lot of people today that where they get saved at, they still are humming or hanging around that same area. But God has a greater plan for you and I. He wants to bring us along in this journey to bring us closer and, uh, to him, the preaching on, the, uh, uh, preaching on this uh, uh, in deeper waters with God. And I hope your desire as a Christian is that you will get more closer to God today than you were yesterday, getting closer to God than we were yesterday. We see the multitude in verses 1 and 3 here. It came to pass that when the people pressed upon him, hear the word at the God. We see they, they, they had a passion for the, hear the word of God. The crowd had a desire. They were not there for the miracles. 
Many times you find where Jesus was uh, with the multitudes, they were there just to see the miracles happen. Uh, if Jesus didn't do miracles, they, they went away. They were looking for something else. Uh, uh, they came to hear the Word of God. Isn't that what we should do when we come to the house of God? Uh, we come to hear the Word of God. We, I, I understand that God can still do miracles, and I understand God does still miracles. But when you and I get to church, uh, we come to hear the Word of God. Amen. And how do you hear the Word of God? By the preaching of the Word of God. They had a passion for the Word of God. I want to keep all of my days filled with the passion of God's Word in my life. And I'm, like, I'm probably just like you if you're like me. There are days that I don't feel like reading my Bible. There are days I just don't feel like praying. And let me just tell you this, that is nothing but the flesh and the devil trying to hinder you. I'd be lying to you if I got up every morning and uh, had this cheerful look on my face and everything was skippity-doo-dah, but it's not. It's not. But the devil and, and the flesh wants to hinge you. They work against you. But overall, when you look at your life, one of the evidence of salvation is that you are still here. You're here tonight, uh, and most are here on Wednesday night. That, that's evidence, a mark of a Christian that you're saved and you're serving God. You have a passion for the Word of God. You have a desire. I, I worry about people that say they're saved, but they don't want to hear preaching. I worry about people that say they're saved and they never want to read the Bibles. I worry about people like that. They, they, they never want to go to church. Church has become a burden to them. Some things they do, listening, going to church is something that uh, it just becomes a burden to you. And let me tell you what, when I come to church, I get a blessing. It, it's a blessing to be here Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday. It's a blessing to be here to serve God. They, they, they came, they had a passion, and he, they came to hear the word of God. We see the place, it was late, uh, late Jesuit. And when the word of God, they mentioned their provision. It's amazing to me that Jesus always uses things that surround him to provide what he needed and for those that are around him. In verse 2, it said, And they saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone from them. And when they were washing their nets, and entered in one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Jesus didn't need a great tabernacle. Jesus didn't need a fancy pulpit. Jesus didn't need his face plastered on a, a poster. He didn't need uh, all these people uh, standing around. He didn't need, wherever Jesus was at, uh, he used whatever was around him uh, and he preached the word of God. And there were people that had a passion and desire for God. I, I worry about preachers that's got to have the fancy. I had a preacher one time say, I wouldn't come to a church if the preacher didn't meet me out there with umbrella you're just going to get wet if you come to our church brother because I ain't walking out there with an umbrella for you but I'm, I'm worried about preachers that say hey uh, I, 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 I'm not one of this I need something big and fancy I, I appreciate a nice church and I appreciate our church 
but we know it's not the church. But there are those that worship the church. There are those that worship the building. We come to worship God, and it's good to have a good place to come to worship God, but it's not the building. I told you this morning, everything you see in this world around you is going to be burnt one day. It's not going to be here, so don't get involved with the building. It's good to have a good place, but we come to worship God and hear the Word of God in His house. We worship the Savior. We come to hear the scriptures and Jesus is teaching the word of God at this place. God put him there. Uh, preachers can preach on a corner if he's called to preach. Paul preached in a jailhouse. People got saved in a jailhouse. Wherever God plants you, wherever God puts you, you ought to be a blessing to those around you. We, we see the miracle in verse number 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into deep and let down your nets for a draw. The command is to launch out into deep and let down your nets. Nets is plural. He said, Jesus didn't want you to just let down one net. He said, everything that you got, all the nets you have, let them down. Because Jesus knew what was about to happen. Uh, Simon and them guys did not know, but Jesus said, let your nets down. Simon answered him. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've already told the night and haven't taken anything. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. Peter obeyed the commandment partially to prove his point. Peter was trying to pull, prove his point to God. Hey, we've done this all night. I've done this. We've gone through this. But I'm going to let it down just to show you that I'm a fisherman. I know what's going to happen. And we ain't caught anything. Uh, uh, we're not going to catch anything. Peter said, I'll do it. And he's trying to prove his point. Can I say you cannot do nothing without God? You can't do anything without God. But I think Jesus was trying to prove a point to Peter. First he tried to prove him who he was. He wanted Peter to see who he was. Because he was about to call Peter into the ministry and Peter had to have full trust. Peter had to, had to surrender himself. And I think the second point was Jesus tried to prove to him that he would never take anything without paying Someone for was given his ministry. We talked about this morning how uh, 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 David paid uh, Ornan for the threshing hole. He, he, the king is not going to take anything without paying full price for it. And, and, and when Peter uh, wanted to prove his point, Jesus said, well, I'm going to show you who I am. And, and if you do this, and then he said, he drawled out the fish, all the multitude of fish they received. That's the way of Jesus is paying back for him to allow him to use the boat that he was in. You know, Jesus never abused the situation of life. He wasn't about taking. He was all about giving. And I believe every Christian is, is all, it should be all about giving. There are those that come to church, and don't get me wrong, there are those that come to church only for what they can get out of the church. They're going to church. What is it can I get out? What's it, what's it going to be for me? And there are some that believe that the church is nothing but a loan company. Amen. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you. They believe that. 
And don't, don't get me wrong, if there's a need, then we find there's a need, we, we supply that need. God has blessed us and we'll supply the need. But there are people that have an idea that all they want is come to church to get, to get, to get, to get, and they never give anything. But let me just say this, God is all about giving. But let me tell you what, you've got a part you have to do too. When I was growing up, my father and my mother was not church people. I did not go to church. In fact, I didn't even know what a church was. I see the buildings on the side of the road and don't understand it. But I, I had a friend when we lived in High Point that he went to church. And I was up visiting him one day in the summertime and we got to talk and he got to talking about, well, you want to go to church? So what's a church? You play games there? Oh, we play games. We, go, we have fun. I said, well, let me ask my mom and dad if I can go to church with you. I said, when, when is it? Saturday? No, it's on Sunday. We don't get out of bed before 11 o'clock on Sundays. That's why we didn't go to church, I guess. But they said, yeah, you can go. So I get up and I go, and I'm dressed in shorts and a T-shirt. I wasn't dressed appropriately to go to church, but I didn't know. And I had, this is what I have for breakfast, a cup of coffee. At a young age, a cup of coffee. And we was at church and the Sunday school teacher was talking and everything. He says, uh, you want something to eat? I said, yeah, I'm hungry. You got any food at house? <laughs> no. No. Well, I should not have said that. I shouldn't have said that because come Monday morning, there they were at my house with two boxes of groceries. Said, here, mama looking pretty bad. Daddy really, really looking bad. When they left, I got wore out. But I ate good for two weeks. I ate good for two weeks. But there's a need we supply the need. We help those around in the neighborhood because we know there's a need. But there are those who look at the church and only say, what can the church do for me? It's not what I can do for the church. You've got to surrender yourself. You've got to give it all to God. And if you give it all to God, God will show you the need that's in this community around you and I. Also, the church has needs. Amen. The church has needs. Jesus never took advantage of a sinner. He didn't take advantage of Simon. And I don't think you and I as Christians should we ever take an advantage of a sinner. Our testimony ought to mean more to us than just getting one up on somebody or getting ahead of somebody. I, I'd rather... Uh, lose out in a tip. You know, people say uh, they go to a restaurant and the service is not what you think it should be and they don't uh, give you the attention you think you will be so you live a little tip. I'd rather lose out in a tip than lose my testimony. 
Because let me tell you what, it's very hard. Uh, you sit there and whine and complain sitting at a table because not this, you didn't get this. They didn't fill your glass up the way you thought they should have filled. It, 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 you complain about everything. And then turn around and leave a track on the table telling them, won't you come to church? Now, what does that say about you? It tells me that, hey, I don't want to go to your church but yet you're going to leave it. How can you witness to somebody when you, I, like I've, you've heard this story before and it's right, I'm standing in line at McDonald's in Florida and, and I know the lady that was three ladies in front of me, she was a Christian and they didn't supersize her, and she didn't need to supersize, and they didn't supersize her meal. She came unglued right there. And then want to say, y'all want to come to church? Does that, is that a good testimony for you? No, it's not even a good testimony for the church. When somebody says, I'm a member of this church, I attend this church, and they act like a fool in the world, why should we invite people? Jesus never took advantage of them, and we should never take advantage of them. Peter didn't believe anything was going to happen. His mindset was, I've done this all night. You don't understand. I am a fisherman by trade. I know it's going to happen. Now, how many times have you gone to church? You say, Lord, I'm, doing, I'm going just because it's what I'm supposed to do. And I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't think nothing's going to come down. I don't think anything's going to show up. I'm just going through the motions. I don't really believe, God, that you're going to do anything. And when you get here, all of a sudden, God shows up and great things happen in your life. How many times you come doubting God and God shows up in church? I was in a service one time, and and, and just you, you, you ever talk to anybody like you're talking to a wall? They just, just, you know, deer, you know, headlights. Yeah, they just ain't getting. I was at a church one time preaching, and I'm looking at the faces of everybody in the church, and they're looking at me like, I think I was the youngest person in there. And they're looking at me. And, and I'm thinking, Lord, I need to shut this down because I'm not reaching anybody. I'm not doing it. There's not. You could hear a church mouse walk across the carpet. And you could because it was just quiet. Not quiet. I mean, just quiet. So I, I said, you know, let's just wrap this thing up and we'll close it out and we're going home. I said, let's stand. If anybody needs to come to the altar, they want you to come to the altar. And when they did, they start lining up the altar. Just start lining up. Next thing, somebody, oh, thank you, Lord. And I mean, tears start. And just like, it was like tears things all up and down the altar, and everybody's looking at it. And all of a sudden, we were there for another 45 minutes, people at the altar. And I'm thinking, I haven't reached anybody, but God showed up. When God showed up, He showed out. You come to the house of God doubting God. Saying, Lord, I don't believe you can show up. I don't believe you can do this. I don't believe anything. I'm just going to go through the motion and come to the house of God. And let me just say, when God shows up, he's going to show out. And you ought to be amazed about that. Don't ever come to the house of God thinking God cannot. Because I don't know what God you serve, but my God can. There ain't nothing too big for my God. And Peter was doubting Jesus. Hey, he said, hey, I, I doubt you. We see the catch in verse number six. And when they had 
done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and they break the net. They fill the boat so much that they ask the other partners in the other boat to come, help us. They didn't believe anything. They didn't have the faith. They didn't have the faith and believe that God could do what God wanted to do. And they filled the ships that they sank. I'm glad God works in spite of our lack of effort. And when we don't give it all to God, God still works, and I'm so glad of that. In spite of our doubts, God still works. We've all been there. He did it. Not because we were great faith, not because of Peter's faith, because God is God, and God showed up. And God wants to do so much more for us. God can do what He wants, when He wants, how He wants, and, to her, and through whoever He wants, as long as we make ourselves available. We see the movement in verse 8 and 9. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him at the draw of the fishes which they had taken. Peter fell on his knees. He was humble. He, we need a movement of that in the church today. We need to have humbleness to be moved throughout our churches today. We need to get back on our knees again. Peter saw the greatness of God. He knew that he had no faith, but God did something that was beyond Peter's capability. And Peter knew it was a miracle. And it humbled him. Think about the times God has done something for you in your life. Some things that you may have been going through, something that you might have been dealing with, and you just knew that there was no way through or no way out, and all of a sudden God shows up and He makes a way. And it's not in your capability, it's not in your will, it's not in your power, but God makes a way for you. It ought to make you to humble yourself and put you on your knees to just thank an almighty God. I like to hear preachers preach, I really do. It just... When a good preacher's preaching, I love it. When singers, I love good singing. We got the best singers, I believe, in this county. But I, I hate to hear a preacher preach and a singer sing that's full of themselves. I, I don't like it. It's everything's all about me. Look what I, I. You can tell I've been around a while. I wasn't. I went to a church Sunday morning, and uh. The preacher had broke his leg, I guess, two weeks before that. And that whole sermon was about his broken leg. I'm sitting in the back of church going, I was the headlights. Like, I'm like, look, really? That's all you talked about? Was your, not one word of the gospel? Nothing was shared. Just his broken leg. They came and asked me, would you come over and preach for us? I don't think you want me. I'm not going to talk about nothing about me because it ain't about me. It's about God. It's, you see, I, I, I preachers get about them think it's all about me. It's got to be me. It's got to be me. It ain't about you. It's all about God. And he was honest. He said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Have you ever gotten to the place that you went on your face and said, Lord, oh God, I am nothing but a sinful person. I don't deserve what you've done for me. I don't deserve anything. James 8, 4 and 8 says, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. 
Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James not talking to lost people when he said that. He's talking about those who are saved and those that are washed by the blood. Those who are sitting in the church. That's who James is talking about. But I believe we're all still sinners. We're sinners saved by grace. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus and the grace of God, there would be no hope in this world. Peter sees himself for what he really is. If you want to be blessed by God, if you want God to bless you, you need to see yourself as what you really are. We need his forgiveness every day of our lives. He was honoring, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Lord's an important word. We live in a day where people don't learn how to, we've learned how to use rhetoric. They, uh, people uh, don't go to church or halfway go to church uh, and they don't live for God and they will talk about God. You can see them on the, I hate this thing, Facebook. You see them on Facebook talking about God blessed me, God did this, and they're standing around with a beer in their hand or got wine in there, and they, and all, the next, in the next post they got in their life, God blessed me, and then all of a sudden they're cussing the world out because everything like that. The world has learned the rhetoric of how the church goes. They know how to talk the lingo, but they don't know who they're serving. And let me tell you, there's an awful lot of Christians in this world just don't know who God is. They're sitting in churches. They, they, they go to church. They know what they're saying. They know how to say it. They know how to act, but they're not saved. They're lost and undone. We see that in this world today. You know what Jesus said about those people? Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Why do, why do people call him Lord? Why do they ask that God has blessed me and they don't serve God? Why would they do that? Because they want the world to think there's something that they're not. There are many Christians sitting in churches and they're calling Lord, Lord, but yet they are not doing what God has commanded in their lives. We fall short every day. Short every day. If you love God and save, you will dedicate your life, a Christian walk. That, that means you're going to fall. That means you're going to stumble. That means you're not, not going to be right all the time. But it says you get right back up and keep going and keep going. The Bible says, for just a man, just man falls seven times and rises up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. You just can't live any way you want to, do the things you want to, and say you serve God, live for God. We see the ministry in verse 10 and 11. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all. And followed him. The purpose of this entire episode, this miracle that, and I think it was the third miracle, recorded miracle that Jesus did, the purpose of it was he had a ministry for these men. He had a ministry for them. I understand it's an individual call, 
But Christ knew how to use men that were already working together. And he called all of them together. Jesus said, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. In order to catch fish, you must be a fisherman. And it requires you to be tough. It requires you to be, have training. Same thing with being a fisher of men. It requires you to be tough. It requires you to have training. The witness and the winning souls for the lost. If you're going to live for God and be a witness, people are going to slam doors in your faces. They're going to cuss you out. Having had guns been pulled out on me, had dogs been sicked on me. But if you're going to live for God and you're going to witness for God, you're going to have to be tough. I remember the first time I preached, there was a preacher in the church, came up to me and says, you're not a preacher. You're not a preacher. I went home boo-hooing. Boo-hooing, I ain't going back. Old man pulled me up side of him and says, you're going to be a preacher. You better get tougher high than what you got now. Because there are going to be people that don't like you. There are going to be people that hate you. They hated Jesus. They didn't like him. They persecuted him. What makes you think you're better? They're going to persecute you. Jesus proved this miracle to Peter and those that are around him. He says, I- I've got something greater for you. I- I've got this ministry I'm calling you into. And let me just say this. God has called every one of us into a ministry. God has called every one of us into a ministry. Amen. You say, well, I don't know what my ministry is. Yeah, you are. God says, go ye in all the nations. Telling them about him, preaching about him, singing about him, compelling them to come to the house of God. That's a ministry. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. I don't know. Have you said, God, show me? I'm still, Lord, I want to sing. He ain't shown me yet. I'm on that humming level with Tammy there. I'm going to hum along. (laughs) There might be one day God said, you know what, Brother Jimmy? I'm just going to let you rear back and bellow out. Might bring the cows home, I don't know, but I'll do it anyway. If God says do it, I'll do it. We see the ministry that Jesus was bringing them into. He wanted them to be fishermen. He said, hey, and I love this. And the Bible said in the verses that they forsook all. We talked about this morning. I give all. I surrender all unto you, Lord. Why? Because you paid the price for it. He said, there's something hard to do. Uh, they have to walk away from everything they known. And they pulled the ships in the dock there. They pulled them up and they walked away and left everything behind. You and I have got to do the same thing. I'm not telling you you've got to sell your house. You've got to forsake your family. But you've got to let this world go. If you're going to follow God, and you're going to serve God, you've got to forsake this world. The Bible says they forsook all and followed Him. How many of you are following Him now? How many of you are willing to forsake everything? They followed Him. And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to follow God, that means you're willing to do whatever He tells you to do. 
Go wherever he tells you to go. If God has called you into the ministry, God has saved you, God says you're in this ministry. And let me just say this, and we'll close. God is not going to send you anywhere until he equips you to go. He'll equip you. I've argued with him many a night. You got it wrong, Lord. I'm not a preacher. I'm a bashful person, basically. You put me in a large room with people I don't know, I'm in the corner. I got my mouth shut. I'm not talking to anybody. I don't like large crowds. But I find that when I get behind a pulpit, it doesn't matter who I'm with. I'm going to start talking about the one I know. And it just opens it up. I preached at the uh, Ocean Center in Florida. And I thought it was just going to be a little bitty people there. Mm -mm. I walked out there and it was a whole lot of bitty people. You couldn't have shook a stick out of them. My friend, Bill says, are you afraid? Yes, buddy, I'm scared. Can't you hear my knees are knocking? I'm scared. So what are you going to do? I says, I'm going to walk out there and open my Bible, and I'm going to start talking about Jesus. And for 45 minutes, that's what I did. I talked about Jesus. And I walked back, he says, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> you're good. He started coming to church. He started coming to our church and everything. But God is going to send you. He's going to equip you. But you've got to be willing, like we said this morning, you've got to be able to surrender it all. And when you surrender it all, you say, Lord, here I am. I'm going to follow you wherever you lead me, whatever you put me into, whatever you place me at, whatever. I, I love this, what I told you this morning. If you surrender all, you, everything to God, God is going to take it and clear a spot in your life, and he's going to build something great to glorify him. And that's what I want. I want a spot in my life cleared off that I can do something. God can build it up to glorify him. I think that's what we all want, right, Amen. to glorify God.